right. Church, say amen. Uh, grab your Bible and turn with me to Revelation chapter number one. Revelation chapter number one. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this evening. I'm so glad that y'all did not let rain keep y'all from here. I promise you, you'll be glad you came tonight. How many needs a lesson? How many needs a lesson? Raise your hand. Uh, you forgot to pick up a lesson. Ooh, mercy. That's a lot of forgetfulness, y'all. All right. Hey, let's get some lessons passed out. Fellas back there, can y'all help me? Grab some of them lessons and pass them out, pal. Right? Huh? There is none? All right. Okay. All right. Go, go make some more lessons. Go make some more lessons. Or tell Dustin. Yeah, that's a great problem. All right, you going you gonna to help him with that? All right. Raise your hand if you need a lesson. Raise your hand if you need a lesson. We've got some more right here. All right. Hey, don't sweat it. If you just happen to not get one, we probably ain't going to make it to it anyway. All right. So let's be positive about this, all right? Uh, I've got, seriously, seriously, if you'll look on the opposite side, if you'll look on the opposite side, there should be a little blank area, right? Right? I want you to, what we're going to start out with tonight is going to be an introduction to the book of Revelation. Uh, some of the information, it was just a whole lot that, that I would have had to type out, and I, 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 you don't need me to do that. Uh, so if you want to write the, that particular thing down, we're going to look at three things that you can write down, uh, the situation, the setting, and the subject. That's just going to be a way of introduction. If we get to the outline, that's just icing on the cake, amen? And we're going to try, but we're, we're going to do this a little different. If you've been coming to Bible study for any period of time, you understand we take our time. Uh, we go through the Bible. We go through a book of the Bible. We're not in a rush. This is going to be different than when we did it on Sunday morning than when we did it in uh, uh, college class because we only had a certain amount of time. We had to squeeze a bunch of stuff in. Well, we're just going to take our time and go through it and get as much information and, and, and glean from it uh, what we can. And I promise you, you're going to enjoy it. I, I, I could not wait to get out here tonight to share with you some of the things that I have learned and then I want to I want to get with you. Uh, I, I don't recommend missing any <clears throat> because uh, everything's going to connect together. And this is something you want to stay with, keep coming, uh, because one thing's going to build to the other and lead up to the other. And uh, we're going to have a great time in this class. All right. So if you're glad to be here, say amen. amen. Revelation chapter one, Revelation chapter one. Uh, in verse number one, <clears throat> the revelation of Jesus Christ. Say that with me. The revelation, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show. Now, when you see God, the word God by itself, usually it's talking about the first person of the Godhead, which would be, would be God the Father. Okay, so it would be God the Father giving it to his son which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John, who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein for the time is at hand. There's a, there's a special promise 
that you're getting right now in verse number three for being here tonight. There's a special blessing that goes to them that read it, that would be me, and you that hear it, that would be you. Say amen. Amen. So so this is going to be great. Verse four, John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come. And from the seven spirits which are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, who is a faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Say it with me. Amen. Amen. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him. And they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, say it with me, amen. Amen. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. I, John, I, John, this is where we're going to stop tonight. I, John, who also am your brother. And companion in tribulation. That's very important for the intro tonight. Your companion in tribulation. And in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the privilege and the honor it is to be here tonight. Lord, thank you for this amazing crowd. Lord, it is exciting to study your word, to read your word, to hear it, to learn it, to grow and, 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 and just glean from it. Lord, I thank you for people that are hungry to learn and hungry uh, to study. Please don't let them leave disappointed. I pray, Lord, it was raining out there and messy and they came out anyway. And I pray, I pray that you will bless them in an immense fashion. I pray for all those that are watching right now, Lord, by way of the internet. Uh, there's tons of people that's that's watching from all over the place. And I pray that we'll all leave here uh, closer to you. I I pray we'll all leave here with a greater understanding of your word. And Lord, we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 You may be seated. Did we get those extra outlines? Did anybody? They're still doing it. Well, he'll just have to wait. So once I get started, let's just, I tell you what. Uh, he'll have them ready after after Bible study's over. So just stop by and get one uh, get one after that, and that way we won't interrupt nothing. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Uh, Revelation. There are there are uh, uh, so many there are so many misconceptions about this book. Uh, there is people that are afraid of this book. Uh, there are people that are confused about this book. Uh, uh, there are people that don't want to read it. Don't want to study it. Won't preach out of it. Won't write commentaries about it because it's, it it seems to be mysterious. It seems to be uh, confusing or hard to understand, uh, and sometimes just downright downright scary. There's things in it that produces fear. But if you are a child of God, this should not produce fear. This should not produce anxiety. This should produce praise and joy and glory. Somebody say Amen. Because when you see what you're fixing to see tonight, when you see what you're fixing to see tonight, uh, it, it's going to make so much more sense as we go into it, 
It is going to, it is going to, I'm telling you, it's going to be great. So let's do this. Turn your paper over, turn your paper over, and there should be a blank section uh, on that, uh, like a, a gap about this big. Is that correct? There you go. There you go. Uh, I'm going to warn you, there's not enough space there, but it's all you got. Say amen. <clears throat> I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to try to talk small, okay? We'll, we'll try to do that. Here's the three things I want to give you tonight. Here's the three things I want to give you. First, the, the situation. The situation. Uh, when we look at this book, before we go into the details about the visions and all that John saw and all that John wrote, I, I, you need to understand the situation. Here's what I mean. Most of you have been in here. Most of you have been in here for the John study, right? Uh, we went meticulously through. I mean, I think we were in John for two years. I think is how long that took, uh, uh, possibly. But it was good, all of it. Amen? Uh, okay, help me. About to fire all of you, amen? All right. We, we come out of the Gospels, we come out of the Gospels, and now we're in Revelation, and it is so close in the Bible, we just, we just imagine, or I have, most of my life, I've imagined the same John. The same John that's in the Gospels is the same John that's in the cave on the island uh, here at Patmos. But there, it, it, it's really different. The situation's different. The atmosphere in the church is different. What's going on in the world is different. For instance, for instance, in, in the Gospels, we find John is young He's vibrant. He's probably in his, in his 20s, uh, uh, middle to late 20s, all right? So he's got a lot going on, got, got, got a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of excitement. But here, here we find John uh, in his 90s, in his 90s. How many of y'all know you're going to feel different 90 than you do 20? <laughs> are y'all with me? So, so are you seeing this? There's, there's a difference in the person and, and, and you see, as we come out of the Gospels, one of the, one of the last uh, real pictures uh, of, of the, the atmosphere of the church and the disciples and all that is in, in the book of Luke, okay? The very last few verses in the book of Luke, you don't have this. If you want to write the address down, I'll read it to you. Luke 24, 50 through 53. Luke 24, 50 through 53. This is the last thing we see coming out of the Gospels. Now, it's in Luke. It's in Luke, but it's in reference to the, the ascension of Christ, which we also see in Acts chapter number 1. You remember? When he said, uh, 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 you know, uh, they, they said, are you going to restore your kingdom now? And he said, it's not for you to know the times or the season which the Father put in his own hand, but ye shall, Acts 1, 8, but ye shall receive power after that. The Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses of me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And then he steps on a cloud, and he ascends back into heaven. You remember that? And the angels say, why stand you gazing up into heaven? This same Lord that left, he's going to come back in the same manner. This was on the Mount of Olives. Say amen. amen. This is what Luke's talking about here. In the last verses of Luke, look what it says. It says in Luke 24, 50, And he led them out as far as to Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass that he blessed them. While he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. That's the atmosphere in the church. They were continually in the temple blessing God, worshiping, praising, rejoicing. If we go, if we go into the early parts of the book of Acts, you'll find out, man, there's revival 
They were filled with the Holy Spirit. Peter's preaching. Uh, you know that 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 denier, that that I'm going fishing person. Uh, he, his his life has changed. He's totally different now. He is preaching on the day of Pentecost. Thousands of people are getting saved. Man, the church is exploding. Man, this is great. The Lord was added into the church daily. Those who were being saved, they had favor with all men. I, I'm telling you, it couldn't be any better. This is wonderful. But we're not in the Gospels anymore. We're not in the Gospels anymore. He's no longer in his 20s. He's in his 90s. And the situation has drastically changed. You say, what's the situation now? Well, John lived long enough to see Jerusalem completely destroyed. You see, in in AD 70, the Romans came in and totally obliterated Jerusalem. Totally destroyed Jerusalem, the city of Jerusalem. Totally destroyed the temple. Took it down. And and the way Jesus said, not one stone will be left on another. The Romans had gone through in 900, I think it was either 958 or 985. I'm a little dyslexic. I can't remember. I think it's 958 different towns and villages that the Romans came through in Israel and slaughtered everybody. Thousands and thousands of Jews have been killed. Not only that, not only that, but all of the apostles have been killed violently. John's own brother was the first one to be killed, first one to be martyred. All of them are dead. He's the last one, the last living apostle. I mean, this is bad. He's 90 years old. Not only is Jerusalem destroyed, not only has the temple been obliterated, not only, uh, listen, has the Romans slaughtered tons and tons of, of, of Christians, they are still being killed. They are under, they are under the reign of Domitian, Emperor Domitian. Listen, and, and they are under great persecution. They're, be, they're giving their lives. They're being killed. All of them, and here he is. Now, John, John, according to church tradition, according to writings, John had become pastor about, about just a few years before uh, Jerusalem was destroyed and the temple was destroyed. He moved to Ephesus, which is in modern-day Turkey. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Modern-day Turkey. All right, that's where when, it, when we're looking at the churches of, of Asia here, you know, uh, Sardis, Thyatira, uh, Pergamos, and, 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 and Ephesus, and Laodicea, and all these, Philadelphia, they're all in that area of modern-day Turkey. Well, according to a church tradition and writings, uh, John had become pastor there in Ephesus. And, and, and during that period of time, he, he, he became affiliated with those other churches, as we see. And now, now things are bad are happening. He, he's, he's incarcerated, and we'll talk about that in the second point. But the churches are defecting now. You see, we come out of the Gospels, and everything's exciting. We come out of the Gospels, and, and Jesus has returned, and he has sent the Holy Spirit and filled all of the disciples, and the church is exploding. Uh, the, the, the church is, is expanding, and the church is spreading you know, because of the persecution there, they spread, a, and, and, and I'm talking about, they're taking the gospel to everywhere and everyone, and it is great, but not now. Now, if you look, five out of the seven churches 
five out of the seven churches are defecting, really leaving their faith. One is dead. It's, it's declared and described as being dead, no life in it. One is nauseating, Laodicea. It's lukewarm, and according to that, it was nauseating in the nostrils of God. When God looked at the church and seen the church, it, it made him nauseated. What a terrible, terrible description. One had gotten involved in immorality and idolatry. Ephesus had left its first love, and God was threatening to come and shut the whole thing down. And we'll get to that here in a few weeks. He said, repent. Remember from whence thou art fallen, repent and return. Do thy first works or else I will come quickly and remove thy candlestick out of his place. Lest thou repent. Man, the church is in bad, bad, bad shape. John's 90. Now here, let's move, let's move to the setting. How many of y'all are familiar now? You understand the situation that we're, we're seeing as we read this. It's dark. John's the last living apostle. John has no reason to be excited. John has no reason for enthusiasm whatsoever. John has really no reason to have hope. If he looked at his situation. Now I want you to see the setting. Now I want you to see the setting. The Bible says in verse 9, if you'll go with me to verse 9. Verse 9, when you get there, say amen. amen. I, John, who also am your brother and companion in what? Tribulation. Tribulation. The word means trouble. You know, usually you're, you're addressed and in, 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 in you, you share your title as I'm a disciple of Christ or a servant of the Lord. But he's saying I'm identifying with trouble. I'm, a, I'm identifying with the difficulty that's going on, the tribulation that's going on, the sorrow that's going on. Look what he says. The tribulation in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, which was in the isle that is called Patmos. The isle that is called Patmos. Here, here's what I want you to look at. If you, I, I've got a couple. Can you put those, those pictures up there? A couple maps, if we will. <clears throat> Whichever comes first. This is, this is Patmos. That was accommodating, doesn't it? If you, will, if, you will look, if you will look right there in the middle, there's modern-day Greece, the Aegean Sea, and Turkey, all right? Turkey's here. That's where the churches, uh, uh, Sardis, Philadelphia, Laodicea, those seven churches that we're going to focus on throughout this study is there in modern-day Turkey, all right? If you look over here to the right, if you look over here to the right, you'll see Israel. Can you all see that down here on the right uh, of, of the sea there? In, in, the, in the red star or circle, whatever that is there, right there, that is an island. That is where John was being held. Patmos, Patmos was a penal colony, a Roman penal colony. It was a place that you went as, as a prisoner, okay? It was a place that you went as a prisoner. Uh, he had been exiled to this rock, and basically, really, the truth be known, it was just a rock out in the middle of, uh, it's not very big, it's not a very big island, but it was used to punish prisoners. He was there not on vacation. He was not on an island just, just spending time. He was at a work colony. Do you understand what I'm saying? A work colony. Busting rocks in the hot sun. He fought the law and the law won. Say amen. I mean, this is, he's 90 years old. 
He's 90 years old. Churches are defecting. He's on a, he's on a Roman rock, a place that he's put there. Now, why is he there? Why has he been banished? Why has he been put on this rock? According to this verse, it is saying because of the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because of the preaching of the gospel, the preaching of the truth. In other words, in other words, the, the preaching of the truth by this point and by this time has become a crime. It's become a crime. And I'm saying that on purpose. I'm saying that on purpose because I'm going to apply this here in just a minute. Because you're going to think, why is this relevant? Is this just history? No, this is very relevant. This is very relevant. There was a time when he could preach and people would receive. There was a time when he could preach and people were curious and they wanted to know and they wanted to hear. And people were receptive to the gospel. People received the gospel by the thousands. And and if you want to word it this way, it was easy to minister. Are y'all with me? But now if you testified and you had a testimony for the Lord Jesus Christ, now if you served God, now if you witnessed, you were a criminal. And he's on a rock. He's on a rock. He's at a Roman penal colony. He is here. He is being punished. He is in jail, basically. And he's having to serve hard labor, hard time. Now, now think about this. This was, a, this was a man who once committed his life to a man who said, leave everything, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. Leave your father's business. Leave, leave everything that you have that would probably be left to you once you got of age. Leave that. Stop fishing. Stop. Leave your boats. Leave your nets. Leave the fish. Come and I will make you to be fishers of men. And he followed the Messiah. He followed the Son of God. He followed the one who gave him promises. He followed the one who said, if you will follow me, you will rule and reign with me. I am going to have a kingdom. There will be a kingdom. And he left everything to follow this man. But things have not turned out like I thought it would turn out. We're supposed to be a kingdom. We're supposed to be more than conquerors. We're supposed to, listen, he was the Messiah. But look, all the heroes are dead. All my compadres, all my friends in the ministry, all those that I serve with and all those that I work with, they've been brutally killed and martyred for their faith. And here I am sitting in a rock. I've seen caves or a cave where they believed that he was held. Some historians said that, that being on this, 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 this rock and, and exiled here, it was preceded by, by beating, scourging, not, not enough food, scantily clothed, having to sleep on the bare ground in a dark dungeon of a cave. You say, why are you saying all this? Because I need you to understand. I need you to understand why God gave him this word. Why God gave him this truth. Why God gave him these visions and these revelations. John has no reason to hope. John has no reason to look up. Nothing, nothing seemed to be encouraging. Can y'all see the setting? 
Can y'all see the situation? Churches are departing. Churches are defecting. All the work he had put in. I mean, really, he had spent the vast majority of his life serving a king who seems to be nowhere around. Fighting for a cause that got him thrown into prison. He's 90 years old. What a retirement. But then, here's the lesson. I want you to see the subject. The subject. Write that down somewhere. The subject. Let's go back to verse 1. Let's go back to verse 1. Let's see. Let me put this where looking at. No, 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 no. Put that back up. Put the, I want to see it. <laughs> I'm trying to adjust my thing. Here. No, 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 no. No, the, 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 the stage. The stage. The camera. Camera shot. There we go. All right. All right. All right. Now, y'all just going to have to look at the screen, all right? Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Look at, look at Revelation 1. We're going to jump around this. We're going to jump around this just a little bit, okay? Now, has everybody got, everybody got the situation? Has everybody got the setting? Okay? Basically, everything looks bad. I'm in a bad place, and really, I'm in a bad way, right? Now, now, before we jump into this, you say, what does that have to do with us? How many of y'all realize that right now in our country... This is the worst time ever in the history, the entire history of our country. It's the worst time there's ever been to be a Christian. For the first time in our country, listen, you are actually an alien to the culture. For the first time in our country, we had a sitting president stand and say publicly that this is not a Christian nation. We are living in a culture, we are living in a society that is anti-Christ, it is anti-God, it is totally upside down. I'm telling you, every day that passes, I think I'm in bizarro world because I cannot even understand or believe or calculate how insane people's thinking is today. And it's going to get worse. It is said It has been told us, it has been given us in Scripture that we are living in the last days. And it says, perilous times shall come. Say that with me. Perilous times shall come. Bad, dangerous, violent times will come. It says, we shall through much tribulation enter into the kingdom. In other words, if you are a child of God, you're going to have a tough time. You're going to have a tough time standing for God and his his truth and the gospel. Peter says it this way, think it not strange. Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happening. What am I saying? I'm saying this, that this, this study that we're going through, it's not just to learn something about the end times. It's not just so we can find out some prophecy. It is very relevant. It is very up to date because you are fixing to go into a time and a place that the early church was born in. It was born in 
in a place and time of paganism and you're fixing to experience what John experienced. And you're going to be discouraged. And you're going to be disappointed. And you're going to get down. I'm just telling you the facts. I'm telling you the facts. They're not going to get better. It's not going to, we're not going to, everybody's putting on Facebook about, hey, we need revival in America. Let's pray for revival. Let's pray there's a great awakening. There ain't going to be one. There ain't going to be one. Not according to scripture. It's going to get dark. The Bible says because uh, uh, iniquity abounds, the love of many shall wax cold. There's going to be a falling away. It's going to get difficult. You say, so far, preacher, you have, you have managed to put me into a great depression. <laughs> Thank God for point three. Say amen. amen. This is where John is at. This is where, if we're not careful, I'm telling you, if you're not careful, if you stay on social media, if you stay on Fox News, CNN News, or any of the rest of the news, it'll throw you in a depression because it don't look good for the home team. It doesn't look good. Churches are declining. The, the, the major talk now is the major drop in baptisms, the major drop in church attendance, a culture that is no longer whatsoever have anything to do with God. That's where we're at. But I came tonight to tell you that he's still on the throne. This is the whole point. This is the... Man, I got God bumps right now. Hog about it. Amen. This is the whole point of the book. It is about encouragement. It is about God sending a word of encouragement to his child that's on a rock who is in a disappointing situation, who is in a terrible setting, and who is thinking that there is no hope for the future. And he says, let me tell you something about my boy. The revelation. The word revelation means unveiled. Unveiled. How many of y'all know what's behind this? None of you better. (laughs) You cheated, amen, if you did. Let me read. Let me read. Here's the definition. Here's the definition. Revelation. The act of disclosing or discovering to others what was before unknown to them. The whole book is that definition. Discovering something that you didn't know before. Are y'all with me? But what are we discovering? What are we discovering? What are we finding out? What is being unveiled? What is being uncovered? I hope I can do this without messing it up. For all you on the internet, all right, I'm going to have to lean this back because i got some preaching to do. Everybody know what this is? What is it? I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Say it with authority. Say it like you believe it. Jesus! (laughs) John's in a bad situation. 
John's in a horrible setting. So God the Father reveals his son to his servant. Now here's the thing. Y'all ready for this? He is unveiling, uncovering, pulling back the covers and letting you see parts of his son you didn't know before. Now we know, now we know primarily the book of Revelation is about the future, right? Say it with me. It's about the, it's about the future. Why do you reckon, why do you reckon uh, 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 that, that God the Father thought that John needed to know something or hear something or learn something about the, because his present was terrible. You may, you may tell you how you may tell you how slaves got through the, the life that they had. People talk about the old spirituals that were being sung. They got through the hell they went through by thinking about another land and another place. And one day, listen, one day there's going to be a great getting up day. Amen. And we as children of God, how are we going to get through what we're going through? By singing, what a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. It's not thinking about the present. It's not even thinking about the past. It's about thinking about the future and what we have coming. Somebody say amen. amen. It is the uncovering of Jesus. It's the uncovering of Christ. You see, the Gospels, the Gospels show us Jesus, right? The gospel, matter of fact, it's our first glimpse of Jesus. We, we see the Gospels. They open up. We, we see uh, 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 God making his birth announcement of his son to, to, the, to the shepherds in the field, saying, Behold, I bring you good tidings and great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Say amen. amen. This shall be a sign unto you. You shall find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. You're going to find him. You see, in the Gospels, he arrives in humility. He is born in a stable. In the Gospels, he arrives in humility. He's born around a bunch of animals. And his, and his, and his listen, the people who come to celebrate is not the, the, the high and mighty. It's not the great politicians. It's not the people in high society. It was the lowest ones on the totem pole. That's who God made his announcement to. In the Gospels, he comes in humility. He arrives in humility. But here in Revelation, he arrives in honor and glory. You see, in the Gospels, he is crucified. But in Revelation, he is magnified. In the Gospels, he is the servant. But in Revelation, he's the king. Say amen. You're going to see a different part of Christ. Listen, we've spent two years in the gospel seeing Jesus in his humility, seeing Jesus, listen, being, being a, a humble servant, being a humble sacrifice. We see Jesus who, who the Bible says that he, he in, in Philippians, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, he even the death of the cross. And because of that, in Revelation, it says God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of things in heaven and things in earth. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. 
Yes, amen. It's a terrible setting. It's a terrible situation, but God is fixing to unveil some, oh, hallelujah, some information about his son. That's right. Say amen. Amen. Let's skip to verse 19. Let's skip to verse 19. Now, how many of y'all get it now? How many of y'all get it now? It's it's a book. It's It's the apocalypse. It's all, no, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. People that read this book and get scared, they're looking for the wrong thing. Let me say it this way. Let me say it this way. A buzzard leaves his nest in the morning and he finds old rotten possum that's been hit by a Cadillac. Say amen. Are y'all with me? Y'all ain't never seen a buzzard on the side of the road, people? Right? A hummingbird leaves, and he finds sweet nectar in the blooms and blossoms of beautiful flowers. Now, why do you reckon he finds nectar, and the buzzard finds rotten possum? That's what he's looking for. Now, the question is, when you get up in the morning, are you going to be a buzzard or a hummingbird? I'm just throwing that in there. You're going to find, you're going to find, all right, all right, here's my point, here's my point. If you go looking through Revelation trying to find something scary, But if you go through Revelation looking for Y'all with me? Now we're in the intro. We ain't got to the point yet. We'll get there. We're going to look through for Jesus. We're going to look for Jesus. All through this book, we're going to look for Jesus. Why? Because that is what the Father is trying to do for his discouraged servant He's trying to show him things look bad. But my son's still in charge. Are y'all with me? Now here, look what it says. We're gonna let me show you the outline. The book of Revelation is broken up in three parts. <clears throat> three parts. All right, look in verse 19. <clears throat> look in verse 19. We're still in the intro. I hope you still have room. Hey, there's a little square right up here if you want to write something. Right up there. Verse 19. When you get there, say amen. Amen. Here's what you write. Now, if you have a red letter edition Bible, what color is your writing? What's that mean? Jesus. Jesus is speaking. All right? Jesus is specifically telling John what he wants him to write. If that makes sense, say amen. All right? What does he say? What does he say? Verse 19. Write the things which thou hast seen. Seen and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. Okay, hereafter. Now, here's what I want you to get. Here's what I want you to get. All of Revelation, all of Revelation is in that verse. Chapter one, slam to the end, is in that one verse. Now, let me tell you how it's broken up. First, he says. Write the things which thou hast 
seen. That's chapter 1. Okay? That's chapter 1. What happens in chapter 1? He sees a vision of the resurrected Lord. Now remember, remember what we're doing with all this. God the Father is showing John that Jesus ain't what he used to be. He's not the sandal-wearing servant walking up and down the streets of Jerusalem trying to help somebody. Y'all with me? And, and I'm, not, I don't, I'm, I'm almost trying to get ahead of myself because I like preaching this stuff and I like getting to it, but you, you just have to, in a minute, you'll see what he is. But he's not what John knew before. Matter of fact, to prove it, to prove it, as we read chapter number one, you're going to find out that when John actually saw him, it spooked him so bad, he fell at his feet as dead. How many of y'all saw Fred Sanders? <laughs> now think about this. You say, well, oh, come on. No, 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 no. This was the same John that had such a close relationship with, with Christ that he would lay his head on his chest just to hear his heart beat. But yet... When he saw him, it was so powerful. It was so incredible. He wasn't seeing Jesus in his humanity. He was seeing Jesus in his deity and his full glory. You see, he had, he had gotten just a little glimpse of it on the Mount of Transfiguration. You remember when Peter, James, and John went up on the mountain? And the Bible said that Jesus was transfigured and what was on the inside of him began to show on the outside. He got just a little glimpse. But when he saw him in all of his glory. You see, that's chapter 1. Write the things which thou hast seen. Then chapters 2 and 3 are seven letters to seven churches. Okay? That is... That is, if you want to put it this way, if you want to word it this way, we see the character of the Son in verse chapter 1. The character, or the Son's character, put it that way, put it that way, write it down. The Son's character. It's described, and we're going to go into detail with those descriptions if we get time. The Son's character. Then chapters 2 and 3. Chapters 2 and 3 are the letters to the seven churches. We see this is the son's church. And it's going to describe the church in great detail. Prophetically, practically, primary letters to those specific churches, also encouragement to the church age itself, to us. And it gives you an outline of that church age from, from the apostolic church of the book of Acts all the way to the Laodicean church of the last days, the nauseating church which is basically the age we live in today. You all with me? That's the son's church. You see, what are we doing? Now keep in mind, keep in mind, i got to keep reminding you this, what's happening. The book of Revelation is God taking this off of what he wants you to know about Jesus. Now let me read this definition again. Let me read this definition again so that, so that you, 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 you'll remember this. The act of disclosing or discovering to others what was before unknown to them. So throughout the book of Revelation, God is revealing 
uh, or giving revelation after revelation after revelation. He's wanting you to see the glorified son in chapter number one. But then he wants you to see the son's church in chapters two and three. So that's point two or the second phase, second section of the book of Revelation. Then we start in chapter four. From chapters four all the way to the last chapter, you'll find it speaks of the son's coming. And we're going to look at the return of Christ in glory and power, the return of Christ in majesty, the return of Christ in exaltation, the return of Christ as king of kings and lord of lords, the return of Christ as the conqueror of all the wicked and all the sinful. Preacher, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to say he's coming. I'm trying to say no matter the situation, no matter the setting, the son is still on the throne. Now, we got 14 minutes. So uh, let's let's do this. Let's do this. Let's, Let's start so you can have something written on that paper. Say amen. All right, Here, here's, let's do this. Let's, let's go, let's go. <clears throat> I'm ready, aren't y'all? First thing we're going to see <clears throat> is the vision, <clears throat> the vision. Look in verse number, let's, let's look in verse number five. And actually, <clears throat> you see all three. You see all three, God the Father, God the Son, and, and, and God the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in verse, let's go back to verse four. Let's go back to verse four, okay? John to the seven churches which are in Asia. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Seven different specific churches there in modern day Turkey. He's writing these letters to them, right? All right. Now, it says this, grace be unto you and peace from him which is, which was, and which is to come. That's in reference to God the Father. That would be the first person of the Godhead. That would be God the Father, okay? He is the one that was and which is to come. The one which is and was and is to come. And from the seven spirits which are before his throne. That's talking about the Holy Spirit. Now when you look at that, it's not seven different spirits. The, word, the seven is complete. You know, seven is the, is the number of perfection, of completion. It is the perfect, complete spirit of God. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Then we have Jesus Christ. And we're going to have a, a more specific, detailed description of him because that's who, it's, that's who it's all about after all. Amen? Now watch what he says. So we have God the Father, God the, the Holy Spirit. Now we have God the Son. Verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the first begotten of the dead, the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever Amen. Behold, he cometh with clouds and every eye. He's still talking about the future. Every eye shall see him and they also which pierced him. And all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. Now Jesus just begins to chime in. He begins to speak for himself. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come. The Almighty. Look in verse number 18. Look in verse number 18. What color is your writing? Who's speaking? What does he say? I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, 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 hold up. Behold means to 
Check this out. Stop. Pay close attention. Get a good grip. Open your eyes. Understand. I was dead. But behold. I am. I am. I am. Forevermore. Say amen. So what do we see in this vision? We see a risen. Write that down in your notes. I believe that's the first thing. I think my notes are just a little bit different than your notes, but we see a risen sun. Is that what y'all have? A risen sun. Write that down. In this vision, first we see him as the risen sun. Why is that important? There's still people that's got Jesus on a crucifix around their neck. Take it off. He's not there anymore. He don't need that cross anymore. He didn't stay on that cross anymore. He Listen, he's not in the tomb anymore. He only needed it for three days. Amen? He is alive and well. John, I know the situation is bad. I know this setting is horrible. I know it looks bleak and it looks dark and it looks like there's no hope for the future, but you need to understand that you are worshiping, you are serving, you are following the risen Son of God. Death couldn't hold Him. Hell couldn't keep Him. He's alive and well. Say amen. He's the risen son. Not only is he the risen son, but write this down. We see him as the redeeming savior. Redeeming savior. Look in that same verse, verse 5. Not only is he the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth. And that means premier, by the way. Jesus wasn't the first one to come back from the dead because people were brought back from the dead in the Old Testament and Jesus brought several back in the New Testament, Lazarus being one of them. He wasn't the first to come back from the dead. He was the number one. He was the premier. He was the tallest, highest, best that ever come back. That's what that means, amen. He's the risen son, but he's also the redeeming savior. Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. What is he doing? He's reminding John, listen, all your sins have been washed away. All your failures have been covered. All your iniquities. It's just like the Old Testament says, come now, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If any man will come unto him, he will in no wise cast out. If we are faithful, listen, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He's a redeeming Savior. I know my faults are great. I know my failures are great. I have more things wrong with me than anybody can ever even count or imagine. But I have a Savior who's washed me in His red blood and He has put me in a place where I am forgiven. My name's in the Lamb's book of life. I'm on my way to heaven. It doesn't matter what happens on this side. It doesn't matter what you think I am. I'm a bud-bought child of God on my way to heaven. A risen Son. A redeeming Savior. Listen, not only that, Oh, I love this one. <clears throat> I love this one. Say amen, say amen. amen. And he hath made us kings and priests unto God and his father to him. Say it with me. To yeah. him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. We see him as a ruling sovereign. A ruling sovereign. He says, I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I'm alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. 
He came in a manger. He come humbly. When he lived on this earth, it said foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man had nowhere to lay his head. He had nowhere to go. He had nothing. Listen, nothing to his name. He owned nothing. He came in poverty. He came in obscurity. Listen, he came as a sacrifice. He came and was mutilated and betrayed and battered by his own people. He came unto his own and his own received him not. Somebody say amen. But the next time, I said the next time he comes, he's not coming humbly. He's not coming in a manger. He's not coming in obscurity. He's coming in glory. He's coming in power. He's co- Oh, say amen. He's coming as the ruling sovereign who owns it all. Amen. Yes. He ain't what you used to know, John. I know it looks bad. I know things are bleak. I know the situation looks terrible. But he's on the throne. And everything is going to be all right. Everything. Say it with me. You believe that? Okay. Say it again, brother. Amen. Things are going to get bad, guys. But you need to understand he's still on the throne. That's it. They sure are. We need to sing this song and we need to believe it. Man, we need to put it in our hearts. We need to put it in our heads. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels, they beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Can we take just a moment and give God praise and glory? Yeah, come on, give him praise. He's worthy of our praise. Hallelujah. Now, I'm going to tell you, we're going <laughs> to, man, I want to get some more tonight, but we ain't doing We're going to get out early. Listen, <clears throat> listen, 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 Linda, listen, Linda, 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 <laughs> amen. Obviously, some of y'all don't have social media, amen, you'd know when I was talking about It's going to be pow, pow, amen, pow, pow. Y'all got to admit, that's the cutest little fella you've ever seen in your life. Amen. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Stay with us, guys. We're going to go through this thing slowly. We're going to go through this thing in detail. And there's something you see. In this particular chapter, in chapter number one, as we go through his vision, what he see? I mean, everything about him. You will find, you will find in the seven letters to the seven churches in chapters two and three, that there is a different part of the description put into each letter. Now think about that a minute. There is a different part of the description that is seen in chapter number one put into each letter. What what does that mean? That every way that Jesus is described in the vision in chapter number one, it is something that each one of those churches needed. Y'all getting that? What does that mean? He is whatever you need. So every detail is going to mean something. 
So if you skip a couple weeks because you think it's not important, you're going to miss something significant. So get back here. Bring somebody with you. I'm telling you, everybody needs to hear this stuff. Everybody needs to be learning this stuff. So we're going next week, we're going to dive into the vision and describe each part of it so that you'll have a full understanding of that before we go into the letters, okay? Now, let me give you, I, I got a couple minutes. We're not getting out early. We're going to get out late. Because <clears throat> I need to give you this stuff, okay? As we're studying Revelation, as we're studying Revelation, here is a key. Here's a really important key to understanding because there is symbolism in there. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about, symbolism? Because you're going to see where he'll say stuff, it looks like, all right, it may not be a lizard, but it looks like one, okay? There's going to be types and symbolisms in here. Anytime there's something like that, like in chapter number one, you're going to find two things. You're going to find stars and you're going to find the candlesticks, okay? Uh, The the lampstands, the candlesticks here. Both of those are, are, are images but if you keep reading, anytime you have a type or, or a symbolic thing, if you keep reading, he'll tell you what it is. For instance, in chapter number one, he says, I saw the seven stars, and then, then I saw the seven golden candlesticks. Okay? Then he goes on to say, after that, the seven stars are the angels. The word angels is translated messengers, so we believe that's talking about the pastors of those seven churches. And then the, the seven golden candlesticks are the churches. So they represent, it's just a picture of the church. What is the church? We're the light of the world. We're holding forth the word of life as a light in a dark place. Are y'all with me? We're the pillar and ground of truth. Does this make sense? When you're reading and you see something, just keep reading and he will define it for you. He will translate or whatever you want, whatever word you want to use, define it so you understand what it is. And we'll, we'll, we'll work on that and do that. But it's going to be exciting. It's going to be great. It's all about Jesus. From the first chapter to the last chapter, it's God revealing things about his son to a discouraged servant who's in a bad situation and his situation looks bleak, but it's going to be great because it's real and he's powerful and he's coming soon. All right, let's pray. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessings. Thank you, Lord, for your truth. Lord, thank you for the privilege 